Welcome back to the podcast, Finding My Fit. I'm Athena, your host, and I hope you're ready for another amazing episode. Finding My Fit is your go-to podcast for health, fitness, self-love, and eating disorder recovery. I'm here to bring you up-to-date, scientifically researched evidence, all about health, fitness, and nutrition, as well as helping you learn to love yourself and spreading positivity. If you're enjoying my podcast, I would love for you to leave me a five-star review over on iTunes. If you're interested in health, fitness, or eating disorder recovery coaching, please head over to my website, finding-my-fit.com. Let's get on into the episode. Today, I'm going to be telling you guys all about why you should be exercising and more importantly, why you should be weightlifting. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the benefits of exercise, but I'm going to mainly focus on resistance training or weightlifting as it's mainly known because there are a bunch of different benefits and hopefully by the end of this podcast, I will have convinced you to lift up some weights because it's fucking good for you. Let's get into it. So resistance training, strength training, weightlifting, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is basically lifting weights with the aim to provide resistance to your muscles to stimulate them to grow or to improve muscular fitness. So some of the benefits of resistance training, it increases your metabolism, meaning that basically you can eat more by doing nothing or by just sitting there. There are a few different ways it does this and the first one is by increasing excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, also known as EPOC, so E-P-O-C. And this basically means that due to you exercising very intensely and using all of your glycogen stores and damaging the muscles in a good way due to the exercise, your body requires more energy after the exercise to repair the damaged muscle and also to replace lost glycogen stores. So you're effectively burning more energy after you've done the exercise. And this is also why HIIT training, for example, is known as fat burning, because it basically causes you to use a lot more energy after the exercise, as opposed to exercising, burning loads of calories, and then nothing else. With HIIT, you're burning the calories while you're exercising, as well as that's why weightlifting is known as fat burning. It's It burns fat, quote unquote burn. I don't really like the word burn because it sounds a bit weird, but that is the, bu- the big buzzword, you know, burning fat. The reason that resistance training uses fat is because it's increasing your energy output after the exercise. So for example, if you do lists, so if you just go and walk, you're obviously burning calories while you're walking, but then after you finish the walk, your body isn't really damaged. So it's not necessarily using any more calories after the walk than it would have done if you didn't go on the walk. Whereas with resistance training, you're burning calories while you're training, but you're also burning a lot more calories after the training because you damage the muscle. So your body is requiring that extra energy to repair this muscle. Because it is fat burning, it can obviously help with weight management and weight loss. That is why if any client comes to me and wants to lose weight, I will always prescribe resistance training as part of their training program because it's amazing for fat burning and weight management. 
Of course, weightlifting increases the muscle mass. It also increases the muscle strength and the power output, depending on the exact way that you train. And also it will improve the functional capacity of your whole body. Again, that does depend greatly on the way that you train because there are different forms of resistance training. So you can focus more on strength, on power, on endurance or on functionality. So, or you can focus on all of them if you want to, of course, but those are kind of the general ways that people split up weightlifting. In particular, resistance training stimulates muscle fibre type 2, the fast twitch fibres, to grow, which makes you stronger and more powerful. The type 2 fibres are the ones that were used to sprint, for example, or to do a really, really heavy repetition. So we are stimulating them to grow because we are challenging them and causing the body to kind of send out this signal to the muscle to say, right, we need more muscle fibres because we're being put under this stress continuously. So we need to grow in order to adapt and overcome this stress and deal with it. Weightlifting can help prevent sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass, and also dynopenia, which is the loss of muscle strength. Of course, because you are working on both mass and strength when you are weightlifting. We lose muscle mass as we age unless we use them. The body won't keep muscle that it doesn't need because muscle is very fucking expensive to build and to maintain. So if the body doesn't have enough energy and it doesn't have the right stress signals to keep or build the muscle, then it's not going to keep it. It's just going to break it down, use it for energy and that's it. It's, It's done. Functional capacity that I mentioned before relates very strongly to everyday life activities. I have done a full episode on functional training itself, but basically functional training involves doing movements that mimic your everyday life activities. So for example, if you are a builder and you're bending down and lifting heavy bricks all day, you might want to deadlift as part of your functional training program because deadlifting mimics that bending down movement that you're doing in everyday life. When we're older, our risk of falls increases and we have a reduced quality of life if we have reduced functionality. You notice how older people are slower at moving, their joints are very stiff, they have much, they have a much lower range of movement around their joints and their functionality is very low. Whereas if you work on resistance training and functional training as you grow older, you're less likely to get to that point where you can barely move. Studies show that there is a 40% decreased risk of falling when participants strength trained compared to when they don't. And there is evidence that muscular weakness is highly associated with impaired mobility and an increased risk of falls. So again, just reiterating that muscle training not muscle training, what am I talking about? Resistance training for your muscles is a really good preventative for getting old and rusty. There are obviously a lot of chronic issues, for example, back pain that people seem to experience when they get older. That is due to years and years of poor movement patterns and weak muscles that resistance training can help to target. So if you do have weak back muscles and you have other muscles compensating then you can go to the gym, you can lift some weights to grow those back muscles so that the surrounding muscles can relax a bit more and they're not having to take this load. Functional movements include things like coordination and balance and this has been shown in studies to help slow down aging. Similarly, you can even 
out similarly you can even out any muscular imbalances when you are resistance training by doing unilateral movements so that is one-sided movements for example a single legged squat a single arm row so for example when you do um, a squat you're using both of your legs and most of us do have one dominant leg one leg that is stronger than the other one and when we squat with both legs naturally the stronger leg will take over a little bit more and it'll take a little bit more of the weight whereas when you do unilateral movements you're obviously only using that one leg so you're helping to even out that very slight muscle imbalance that you might have in your strength resistance training has been shown in numerous studies to decrease the risk of developing cardiovascular disease even just 30 minutes two to three times a week of weightlifting has been shown to do this and I mean any kind of exercise is going to train your cardiovascular system. Studies show a massive decrease in the risk of development of cardiovascular disease when strength training is incorporated into the person's program and this is likely due to it increasing the heart and lung efficiency which in turn decreases the blood pressure and decreases your risk of developing some kind of heart related disease because increased blood pressure is a massive risk factor for cardiovascular disease. There are also decreases in inflammatory markers such as cytokines and interleukins and prostaglandins and these basically just cause chronic low-grade inflammation when the body is ex- when the body is releasing them constantly and this occurs especially if you are overweight. So if you incorporate resistance training into your program, you're more likely to lose the weight for the reason that I mentioned before, for that epoch reason, as well as helping to regulate these inflammatory cytokines within your body. Additional things that are reduced due to resistance training are blood lipids, so like cholesterols, and also something called HbA1c, which is a glycated hemoglobin molecule don't really need to talk about what glycated is but it basically just means that there's a hemoglobin attached to a sugar and the levels of hba1c are very closely correlated to overall health and a number of different diseases resistant training will help to manage your blood glucose especially in those with type 2 diabetes muscle uses a lot of glucose and it has a lot of insulin receptors which makes you as a person, if you have more muscle, you have more insulin receptors, which means that you're more responsive to the insulin, which in turn will help to regulate your blood sugar. So especially if you are diabetic, resistance training and building muscle is going to help the management of your blood glucose spikes and troughs. Resistance training improves your sleep quality. Sleep deprivation increases catabolic hormones, for example, catecholamines, which are made by the adrenal glands. Examples of catecholamines are adrenaline, noradrenaline, and dopamine, and also corticosterone. And sleep deprivation, on the other side, reduces anabolic hormones, for example, testosterone, IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, and growth hormone. And when we are wanting to grow muscle we want these anabolic hormones to be present we want them to be active we don't want them to be reduced because in order for muscles to grow they do need these anabolic hormones helping to send the muscle growth signal increasing the catabolic hormones while simultaneously reducing the anabolic hormones will affect muscle contraction and that includes the heart muscle it will also affect like i said your ability to put on new muscle 
One study actually showed a 50% decrease in insulin-like growth factor 1 when participants were highly sleep deprivated, which can massively affect not even just putting on muscle, but it can also affect so many different metabolic processes as well as as well as contributing possibly to aging. Additionally, when participants are sleep deprived, they show decreases in their thyroid hormones. Thyroid hormones regulate things like metabolic rates, digestion, brain development, bone maintenance and appetite. So you can see how decreases in thyroid hormones can affect metabolism and also the amount that you want to eat, which in turn will affect your weights. Endorphins, endorphins, endorphins. So we all know that these are good. We know that endorphins lower our stress, they can improve our mood, and they can help to balance out our hormones. For example, testosterone, estrogen, growth hormone, insulin-like growth factor 1, and parathyroid hormone. All of these are kind of regulated by various different things in the body, but also by endorphins and the amount that we exercise. So, testosterone. Some studies have shown an increase in testosterone after resistance training but also some studies don't show any changes in testosterone so it's a bit of both to be honest i've heard from different podcasts that i've listened to people that have mentioned when they have testosterone like when they inject it they show they experience a massive spike in muscle strength and muscle growth but then, like I said, some studies mentioned that there was no extra or additional muscle growth after the participants were given testosterone. So, yeah, it's a bit of both. With estrogen, that is obviously a very important hormone in women's reproductive health, as well as aiding in bone density. And studies show the most significant difference when someone goes from zero exercise to weight training, as opposed to going from, say, cardio to weight training studies show that there is a bigger difference in the estrogen spike when someone is very untrained and they add in those weight lifting sessions into their week. Growth hormone enables growth and development as the name suggests and it also regulates carbohydrate and lipid metabolism so we can help to regulate our growth hormone and boost it if we add in resistance training to our workouts. And insulin-like growth factor one regulates many, many, many different growth processes. And that includes bone mass, development, aging, energy metabolism. And it can also regulate growth hormone, which has effects on skeletal and bone metabolism. IGF-1 also aids vitamin D and calcium movement, again, contributing to the bone metabolism. So you can see how these really important hormones are boosted or activated when we add in these weightlifting sessions, which is going to contribute to so many different processes in our body working more efficiently. Biologically, increased endorphins in the central nervous system occurs post-exercise. You, you hear all the time that people say, oh, I exercise to get those happy endorphins. And that's true. The endorphins increase after we add in exercise to our programs. There was actually something I read called the thermogenic hypothesis of exercise and that proposed that the elevation in body temperature when we exercise is actually what's responsible for increasing our mood after we've exercised. These studies actually also pointed out that there's an increase in anxiety due to the increased temperature during the exercise but then after the exercise when you start cooling down your anxiety decreases and your mood 
increases so you start to feel really really good after having that like anxious period during the exercise I don't know how much weight is actually behind that because it sounds a little bit subjective to me because some people might feel anxious when they exercise and some people might not so it's a little bit of a a weird one that but yeah endorphins help to lower cortisol and we know that this is the stress hormone so if we have a lower cortisol and we have a lower amount of stress because cortisol has a catabolic effect so it has a breaking down effect on muscle if we lower the cortisol we can therefore lower the muscle breakdown it's like a feedback loop so we exercise which lowers the cortisol which can help to increase the muscle mass and anecdotal or kind of what's the word self-reporting studies have also shown that people say they have a decrease in depressive and anxious symptoms after they exercise which we all know we do feel good when we exercise i feel particularly good when i've done a really good heavy weightlifting session it just makes me feel so strong i feel powerful and i just feel really fucking good resistance training really 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 does support bone density it's actually been prescribed by a lot of people to help decrease the risk of osteoporosis and osteopenia which are bone disorders when the bones become very brittle and very fragile osteocytes which are bone cells play a key role in the remodeling process and they do so by sensing mechanical loads i.e weights on the bones and they transmit this information to cells called osteoblasts and osteoclasts so these are all just different bone cells that help to maintain a skeletal balance so osteoclasts will break down bone and osteoblasts put on new bone they help with the bone turnover when we weightlift the osteoclasts that break down the bone are inhibited so we are stopping any kind of breakdown of the bone which can therefore decrease our risk of developing these fragile bone disorders any weight bearing exercise does improve your bone density and particularly in the spine and hip there are increases in insulin like growth factor one and parathyroid hormone both of which regulate the bone metabolism and determine the calcium levels within the body and estrogen like i said before can also contribute to bone health i did mention parathyroid hormone in the calcium and the vitamin d minerals episode so you will know what i'm talking about if you listen to that episode and if you didn't then go and listen to it big old hint there studies that i read also showed an improved bone mineral density in the neck of the femur so the top of the leg in postmenopausal women who usually when you've gone through the menopause you will have lower estrogen and because you have lower estrogen you are more at risk of bone fractures because estrogen plays that role in bone density maintenance so if you are menopause if you are postmenopausal and you add in weightlifting to your workouts you're going to in turn increase your estrogen production which is going to decrease your risk of getting fragile bones. I hope that makes sense. It quite, gets quite confusing, but I hope that made sense. And of course, resistance training enables you to sculpt your body into the shape that you want, which will in turn improve your self-esteem. It will improve your confidence and your mood. When you exercise, you feel good. And when you start to see the results from all of your weightlifting sessions, it feels amazing. I remember when I first started to see some kind of quad growth. 
so my quads were getting slightly bigger and I could see them kind of being sculpted a little bit and I love it I loved looking in the mirror and seeing my hard work come to life and honestly when you do have like a goal body in mind it feels amazing when you see the changes to start to work towards it a lot of girls say that they want to be toned then they go and do loads of cardio and they don't even think about weightlifting because they say oh I don't want to be manly and bulky well no you are definitely not going to get manly and bulky unless you really really want to get like that trust me you're not going to accidentally get too manly I've been weightlifting for about four years now and I still barely look like I weightlift you know people take years and years and years to get to the point where they look very muscly that's the beauty of resistance training you can change up your program if you don't like the way your body is starting to look and if you want to be toned that involves some kind of muscle growth so the best way to look toned even though I don't like that word but the best way to look toned is to start lifting some motherfucking weights studies also show that weightlifting enables better cognitive function and better focus i definitely notice that i feel more awake when i have exercised and gone and done a good session in the gym and studies support this they show that people self-reported feeling better after exercise compared to when they didn't exercise and that was for both men and women of all different ages Resistance training also increases something called BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is a neurotropin involved in survival, growth, neuronal development and maintenance, and synaptic plasticity. So these are all just a bunch of words. Basically, I mean, it's fucking good for your brain health. The reason that BDNF has all of these positive effects on the brain is that it promotes the growth and maturation of new nerve cells within the brain. And it does so by enabling the DNA in the nerve cells to be replicated and transcribed. Studies have shown that exercise leads to a release of proteins and other molecules from muscle, fat and liver tissue that can affect the levels of BDNF and other agents and molecules that spur neurogenesis and also promote vascularization in the brain, so increased blood flow to the brain, and possibly even an increase in the volume or the size of the hippocampus, which is responsible for forming memories. And this was found by a study that measured levels of BDNF and a particular ketone that is produced when our fat is broken down and it's released from the liver. And they basically injected this ketone into the brains of sedentary mice and it actually caused an increase in BDNF. So these byproducts of fat metabolism, so these ketones, managed to cross the blood-brain barrier and cause these changes, which is quite fascinating. Exercise leads to the secretion of molecules by muscle and fat cells that affect the levels of growth factors within the brain, and this therefore influences the shape and the function of the brain itself, in particular the hippocampus, Um, Like I said before, it seems to grow and increase in volume after a bunch of weightlifting sessions, which in turn you would hypothesize that means that we have an improved memory because the hippocampus, that's what it does. It helps us form memories. When mice are subjected to exercise compared to a group who does not exercise, the mice who exercise, their offspring show slight cognitive advantages compared to the offspring of the sedentary mice 
and resistance training also slows down the degenerative processes it doesn't prevent them but it slows them down as well as slowing down aging studies show that active mice had a higher dopamine receptor level in their basal ganglia which is just in the brain the basal ganglia is very important for movement learning and emotion Additionally, the levels of dopamine receptors correlate with brain plasticity that I mentioned before, which means that the brain, if the brain is more plastic, it's got more plasticity, it means that it's got more of an ability to grow and develop as we learn. The levels of dopamine and the dopamine receptors in the brain are very closely linked to Parkinson's disease. So those with Parkinson's have lower levels of dopamine so you can see how if we add in resistance training to our workouts we can possibly in turn increase the number of dopamine receptors in our brains which means more dopamine is going to bind these receptors and more dopamine is going to be present within our brains which may act as a preventative of parkinson's disease a human study showed that those who walked on a treadmill at just three times a week for eight weeks in, had increased numbers of dopamine receptors in their basal ganglia. So it's not just mice that are showing these results, it's also humans, which is very exciting. And several studies showed that physical activity, in particular weightlifting, can counteract the increased risk of developing Parkinson's and Alzheimer's among individuals carrying a particular version of a gene that increases their risk of these neurodegenerative disorders. So basically, if you have this particular version of a gene, it's actually a gene called APOE4, so APOE-E4. And this particular gene, this version of this gene, is very, very closely linked to Alzheimer's. So these studies are showing that when we exercise, we're actually reducing our risk of developing Alzheimer's, even if we have this APOE4 gene variant. So it's very, very fascinating, interesting stuff. And I'm very excited to see where more of this research goes. I, like I said before, 100% recommend everybody to try weightlifting. As a coach, it's always the first thing that I will prescribe alongside a healthy, nutritious diet. If somebody is looking to lose weight or even if they're not looking to lose weight, I've just listed off so many amazing benefits of resistance training. And if I haven't convinced you to go and lift some weights now, then I don't fucking know what will because all of these benefits sound fucking incredible to me. If you're interested in coaching, please hit me up over on Instagram. My username is Athena Crilly or Finding My Fit Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Now go lift some weights.